1: You're listening to Theater in College Hoops. I am Suby. alongside me, not Taylor, but a special guest. We had to bring him on. Cannot wait to introduce the crier uh, here as he makes his return. Crier, what's going on, man? How are you?
0: Suby? it's great to be back. Uh, The fact that I'm back means that we are close, right? We are very, very close to another College hoop season.
1: I think that's a very fair assessment, but Taylor, unfortunately, at a wedding right now in Sedona. So we had to bring in the crier. Uh, We're brought to you by belly up media, go download, subscribe, rate, and review us on whichever device it is that you use your college Hooper of the day, Pat Garrity throwback from Notre Dame. Now you might be saying to yourself, I'm getting conflicting messages here. we got the crier. You already did the ACC preview. No, 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 no. Put two and two together. We're talking big East today, baby crier. That's why we brought you in. You are the big East man i'm excited to chat with you about it yeah me too let's do it check out the website at theaterincollegehoops.com and make sure to follow me at cbb theater to find out where the feat is you should also follow taylor at taylor damel let's open the curtains Should we break into? Welcome back, Cotter. Welcome back. How are you?
0: I'm good, man. Uh, you know, it's been a long off season, especially for me. You know, with my team and everything.
1: It, it's been busy. Uh, you're going to media day, right? You're going the second straight year you're going to Big East media day.
0: Yes, I, I will be there.
1: Uh, my, my podcast partner,
0: BRC, will be with me as well. Uh, very excited. Maybe we when ask exactly? some questions. I, I don't know. I don't know.
1: When is it exactly?
0: Uh, it's uh, next upcoming Tuesday, the 24th. Okay. MSG.
1: Tell us about the credential process again, because I thought it was hysterical. Like last yeah, year it's you very, supplied it's for very it, very
0: right? easy. I just just emailed the guy and he's like, yeah, you're done. <laughs> all set. So, <laughs> I was like, okay.
1: All right. Uh, so speaking of the questions though, like what, what what's percolating in your mind? That's what I want to know. Are you going to be rude to Danny Hurley and Yukon?
0: No. I mean, so last year... I didn't get any content from the other teams. I, I just hung around PC I like f- first season. I had no idea what to do at this thing. Uh, but yeah, this year, hopefully we get some, some good content from across the league and uh, hopefully don't ruffle too many feathers but between Hurley and Ed, you know,
1: look it up. Well, there's also a new man in the big east, maybe making his return to the big east, Rick. I, I, that's what I want you to get. I totally understand you got to pro, you got to cover Providence, KE, mindset, Cooley if you need, hurley for the rivalry. But please don't forget about slick Rick. Oh,
0: no, believe me, I, I won't forget about slick Rick because it's really all we've it's kind of dominated the conversation, right? Uh, Bettino back, he pretty much does a Deion Sanders, flips the entire roster. Um, and look, I I have nothing against Patino coach, the Friars to final four in 87. Um, but you know, I'm not so sold on St. John's instantly being a top 25 team, but they have plenty of talent for sure.
1: Definitely. And, and they bring in some, some good names, a couple of big transfers highlighted by one coming over from the Ivy league. We're going to get to all of that as we have been. In our previews, we're going to look at the all-transfer team. Cryer, I'm excited to talk about Coach of the Year, Player of the Year, and the eventual champion who you're predicting. Before we dive into all that, though, as it relates to the Big East, the coaches really are so fascinating to me. I feel like there's storylines everywhere, Cryer, right? So, I mean, if I I'm basically looking at everyone excluding Butler and DePaul. They don't necessarily move me. I'm sorry to both of those fan bases, but – Sean Miller, complete roster turnover. You got Shaka trying to repeat. You got Kim English now taking that next step. Ed Cooley trying to resurrect a program. Uh, Obviously, Danny Hurley trying to – he's the big kid on the block. McDermott trying to – with essentially the same team, loses a big name in Nemhart. There's just so many storylines with the coaches, and I know the game is all about the players. That's what we're excited about, and that's how – and who wins games, I should say, loses games. But the coaches, man, I don't know if there's a conference where I'm more intrigued by the guys on the sideline as opposed to those in between the lines.
0: No, I mean, y- y- you talk about theetsu I mean, this conference should have it this year. Uh, plenty of storylines. Um, you know, I-, I-, I think you know Marquette, as you said, being the double champ, can they can they have similar success with essentially the same backcourt? Um, you know, I, I look at Creighton, you know, had their best season ever, right, Elite Eight, see what they can do uh, this time around with, again, essentially a similar team. Um, the defending champs, they 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 do lose a lot. They do lose a lot. But uh, good freshman class coming in, Cam Spencer, and, and, you know, obviously with Klingon showing what he could do in, in limited minutes last year, you know plenty of storylines, but, but none bigger than what will happen, uh, on January 27th when Ed Cooley makes his return to Providence. Um, you know, for me, I'm kind of, I'm kind of, uh, I have a little bit different perspective here. Sue. Um, you well, know,
1: so, um, Different how like different from when he left, have you let it wear off a little bit or different how?
0: No, d- different in the sense that, like, I, I actually don't want to necessarily rip the guy's head off, uh, but uh, and I do appreciate what what Cooley did bring the PC over over his uh, twelve or thirteen seasons. Um, what it was, and um, but having said that, it, it's really about the the who and the how, right? Just the fact that it's Georgetown, the fact that the way it went all went down and. Uh, I mean, he deserves to get crushed when he returns, and and, I, and I'll be doing that. But but I think, I think for me, I'll be someone that at the end of the day after a year or two, maybe three, uh, can look back and appreciate what, what what Cooley did.
1: I think that's a fair assessment, and I think that's a mature stance for you to have because there are people. <laughs> Yeah, I credit your maturity because there are people that and this isn't the first time it's ever happened in sports, in college basketball, certainly. But across all sports, we see people leaving in unceremonious ways. And then fans 10 years later are still holding that grudge. (laughs) Like, got a life, man. They've moved on. Majority of the folks have moved on. But I also think it's totally fair to say, hey, Ed Cooley, it's coming to you, man, that day. Right, it's the same thing with Chris Beard when he made his return to Lubbock. I, I'm, I'm envisioning a somewhat similar scene with the cops and all the protection and the bus rolling up and the PC faithful having just been loaded all day, uh, getting ready to to greet him back. I think that's perfectly fair. Again, I always say this, Crier: life's about nuance and balance. You can appreciate what he did. You should appreciate what he did, and you should have view him, you know, holistically through that lens. But on that day. It's pure venom.
0: It's on, it's on. Uh, It's going to be such a madhouse. Like I'm, I want us to be as hostile as possible without crossing the line. And I'm afraid somebody might cross the line, which, which would be unfortunate, but, but Hey,
1: for the most part, no racism, uh, no like personal family attacks, but booing him. I don't know all that's all that good stuff. Feel free to do it. Now, hey, before we dive into your predictions and our predictions of Coach of the Year, let's talk about, real quick, uh, one Big East coach, former coach, former coach in the Big East, uh, your boy, one of your favorites, Jimmy Beheim, now at ESPN. How excited are you?
0: I- I'm not excited at all. Uh, I mean, I-, I don't understand how a guy can be a jerk to the media his entire career and then instantly get a job in the media. Like, what is
1: this? That's a good point. I hadn't thought about that. I don't know. Be like Bill
0: Belichick, like, you know, being a sideline reporter once he's done.
1: Yeah, Belichick going to work for NFL Network after his tenure with the Patriots and then after he, like, literally destroys the mic when he goes yep. to the podium. Yep. That would be something. Uh, but Bayheim, I mean, look, I think this kind of further emphasizes the fact, I don't know about you, I'm a CBS Sports Network guy. I'm oh, up because. late during the week watching Rothstein and like Adam Zucker and Brent Stover and Renee Montgomery, Wally Zerbiak, as opposed to the Seth Greenbergs and the Jay Williams of the like.
0: I mean, totally. Hey, for, for PC, um, you know, I, I'm a Fox and in, in CBS sports net guy. Uh, those are my two stations. Um, and Hey, we, we kind of shared a little bit too with the pack. I mean, I know, I know the pack gets their fair share of ESPN games, but, uh, But, um, you know, they're still with Fox, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah. So I I like Fox too. I'm glad you mentioned them like Mike Hill, Casey Jacobson. That's a good crew for sure. But Hey, last, last rodeo for me, as it relates to the PAC 12, I can't wait to move to the big 12 and actually get on. I don't have to fish on the PAC 12 network, so That'll be nice.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Uh, but, um, you know, I, Y- UConn probably wishing they're Arizona right now. I, I'll tell you
1: that. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't think I've ever heard those words uttered as it relates to college basketball. I'd do anything to switch places with uh with the men in stores. But Cryer, let's dive in now. Let's talk some big East. I'm so excited. And we talked about how compelling all of the coaches are and so many storylines. I'm gonna divert to you first and foremost as our big East expert. Who you got for coach of the year?
0: All right. Well, this will kind of be a giveaway in terms of uh, who I'm going to pick to win the conference, but uh, I'm going to give it to Hurley. And, um, you know, I think I unfortunately had to eat crow with with UConn winning it all last year. And, you know, when Hurley, Hurley, I believe during their their skid that they had said that uh, their team was built more so for the NCAA tournament than they were for the Big East. And I, Thought that was the cockiest thing ever and then sure enough they end up getting six and, and winning it all so um yeah you know he's got a good squad back I think he's probably at his most confident uh you know position as a coach in his career um so I'm going with Hurley
1: you mentioned something there most confident he's been in his career I've I, I'm thinking of this and I'm trying to envision myself in Dan Hurley's shoes where he's got the world by the college basketball world by the balls. I, I He's red hot right now on the recruiting trail. He's coming off of a national championship season. Uh, he's building that UConn legacy and he's contributing to it. Like, do you see a coach in this conference with more momentum than than Danny Hurley at all? Like, and, and that's kind of, he's got so much going for him right now.
0: Yeah, I mean, listen, Shaka won coach of the year last year, uh, and his team won the regular season and the uh and the biggest tournament. They ended up beating UConn to do it, but um no, because I mean, listen, he's got the national title. So yeah, he's he's coming in hot this year for sure.
1: Yeah. I, I it's gonna be it's gonna be tough for him to obviously outdo what he did last year, and I'm sure he'd much rather take a Big East title conference tournament title and or NCAA t- title over coach of the year. But I can understand that pick going with Danny uh, Cryer. Allow me. I'm just head over heels for Rick Patino. I'm sorry. And I'm oh. so glad Rick Pitino is back in the limelight six years after the nonsense that occurred in 2017, when everyone was shouting from the rooftops that college basketball would never be the same, that these huge names would be dragged through the mud and that their careers were in jeopardy. Uh, not the case. Rick Patino back after a couple of uh, years at Iona, successful years at Iona. And now he is in the big East at St. John's. This is honestly majority. It's, it's, it's a narrative pick crier. I'm, I'm not going to sugarcoat it, uh, but they can be a tournament team. You mentioned prior to us recording that you're not sold on them being a fringe top 25 team. Neither am I, but as as it relates to them being a top 68 team in the country i think they can be i think they're somewhere in the 50 or 60 range this year and i'm never going to put it past rick patino to uh, create some magic he he he's an immediate impact guy when i look at transfers during our preview when i look at coaching hires i look for immediate impact guys and rick patino is a veteran arguably a top 3 or 4 coach in the entire country so at the very least, and I said this in the offseason when they were get, bringing in guys like like Jordan Dingle, I said they got a stew going. Like at the very least, y- the excitement and the juice is back in Queens. Uh, whether or not that results in a ton of wins, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm going to err on the side of them being a tournament team. But at the very least, he's built so much excitement around the program that we haven't seen since like the very early days of Chris Mullen. And Chris Mullen had the fact that he was a – a alum and a player, right? Rick Patino has done that. Uh, the thing I, I will say about St. John's is a lot of times people look at programs and they're in they, experiments, I guess. And they say, this is either going to be a fantastic supernova experience or a complete disaster. I think it could very well be a complete disaster, but the, the ceiling for this team, I think is like average. If they're average, that's a huge win, and I think that'll be enough to get uh, the coach of the year for Patino. And then the personnel, I mentioned Jordan Dingle. Let's not forget about Joel Soriano coming back, who's such a great player. Naheem Aline coming over, left Danny Hurley at UConn, comes to the Johnnies with championship pedigree. Uh, So I have to say a lot of this is narrative-based and who I'm rooting for. I want Rick Patino to be acknowledged as the coach of the year in his first season, but there are a few other contributing factors.
0: Yeah, I mean, listen, he definitely added some really good talent. Um, you know, what I find kind of interesting, though, that's going on talked about, which you slightly mentioned, was the fact that this is really the first time he's back in major college basketball in six years. And, you know, I, I think the Iona job is a different job, right? You know, it's easy for a guy like him to kind of step into the – the Metro Athletic Conference and, and, um, and, uh, or excuse me, is it Mid-Atlantic? Oh. No, it's Metro. I got it. Uh,
1: yeah. it,
0: it. And have Iona be a really good team. I think it's another, it's something entirely different to do it in the big East. Um, but obviously he's a Hall of Fame coach and um, yeah, I totally agree. If, if St. John's is a tournament team this year, then by all means, give coach of the year to Patino, especially because you're doing it with an entirely new roster.
1: Exactly. And some could say that's his doing. He's the one that kind of shooed the likes of Posh Alexander uh, out the door. Dylan Adewusu, he's gone as well. But to your point, Cryer, and I agree. I agree to an extent. I say this about transfers coming in from mid-majors to power conferences. I look at a guy like Dalton Connect. I expect him to be really good at Tennessee, but there is that small reservation of, dude, you're going from Northern Colorado to the SEC and Thompson Bowling Arena. It's a different beast. That being said, with Patino, he's done it at the SEC level. He's done it in the ACC, right? He's, he's done it at the mid-major level and he's a hall of fame, legendary coach. So I'm not terribly worried about that. Yeah, fair. Cryer on to big East player of the year. Who is the best player in this conference?
0: I'm going with a hometown pick here. Uh, Now, first off, you know, you do have your uh, reigning Big East player of the year returning in Tyler Kolick. There are three guys that were on the Big East first team that are returning this season. That would be um, Kolick, who who won the award, like I said, Um, uh, Cockrunner uh, at Creighton. And then the other would be Bryce Hopkins. And so I'm going with hometown pick. I think Hopkins is going to have a great year. Uh, he trimmed down a little bit, which which kind of worried me uh, in terms of we still be that physical presence uh, on drives and, and in the paint. But um, I caught some of the Mount Brown scrimmage. I'm not worried. He had 15 points in that one. Um, he's going to be a little more perimeter oriented this year, too. Um, I think he takes, and then, you know, you look at another guy like Klingon, who uh, a lot of people think will win the award. I'm not sold necessarily on him. Definitely going to be the shoe in all conference performer. Um, you know, the, the minutes were light and, and let's see what he does with, a, with a full um, you know, a starters minutes this year. Um But, I mean, there's certainly a good chance he can be there. I'm not going to dispute it, but I'm not not entirely sold. That's what I'll say. But I'm going Hopkins.
1: I like that pick. And there's no shame in, in you going with the hometown kid. Your guy, Bryce Hopkins, is a tremendous player. Was last year, could that be considered his, quote, unquote, coming out party? Because obviously Kentucky fans knew him when he was there, and he showed flashes. And then he came over to Providence. This is his second year. At PC yeah. right or is it right okay so yeah. I would say yeah last year was his his breakout season when everyone was like holy smokes and especially while Kentucky was was uh struggling
0: yeah I mean so Hopkins had a 2020 game against Marquette um he had a huge game against UConn um and if you think about it, Hopkins was kind of in line to win the award last year and then PC kind of fell off at the end I wonder why um <laughs>
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, very mature chirp crier. See that is, that is refined mature chirping right there. Not just saying screw Ed Cooley, like a, like a drunk idiot. Like that is a nice subtle jab. Hey man. Like
0: when you, when you host Seton Hall uh, at the end of the season last year and drop an absolute dud uh, and it just so happens that you put your house on the market the same day, uh, I have questions. And you want to talk about mature. The players, you know, they kind of swept down to the rug and said, no, you know, this wasn't a distraction. We kind of, this was on all of us, our, our fade down the stretch here. But I mean, come on, that, that's an odd coincidence, if you ask me.
1: I think that's fair, Crier. Uh, I want to get back to Bryce Hopkins, though, for a second. What have you heard? I mean, you're as plugged in as anyone else. I know. What have you heard about his offseason with Kim English and them meshing together? Because obviously he came as an Ed Cooley recruit, you could say. right? Ed Cooley recruited him from Kentucky, and now this is going to be his third coach in his collegiate career. And there he was he was rumored to, to, to transfer. I don't think people would have been upset at him for doing that. But he says, no, 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 I'm coming back to Providence. What, what have you heard? What have you seen? What's your feel for him and Kim English's uh, relationship? And then you mentioned a little bit about how we're, we should expect Hopkins to play a little bit more from the perimeter.
0: Yeah. I mean, so um, Kim English really with a lot of guys had to come in and do some instant re-recruiting with the portal, the way it is. I mean, Carter and Hopkins, uh, they would have been second-time transfers. So, you know, and this was before they thought they could maybe get a waiver, and then, they you know, those kind of got shut down. So, um, but, but I think English really sold them on, you know, his style of play being more modern to, to the NBA game. Um, and, you know, Kim's a guy that uh, was, a, a, as a player, not really seen as this big time NBA prospect when he started at Missouri and worked his way to end up being drafted. So, you know, and I think that stuff plays a long way with these guys. Um, So, you know, I I think there was definitely some re-recruiting going on and Kim's a, you know, I met Kim once already. He's a very personal guy. um, Really, What was that interaction like? It was it was brief. It was brief. I, I told him I was class of twenty twelve, and he's like, "Oh, me too." I was like, "Oh man."
1: Yeah, that, it <laughs> makes us feel like I mean, garbage. I, huh? I'm
0: no spring chicken here, but uh, well, man, you are young to be coaching uh, Big East hoops.
1: <laughs> we got we got DeJuan Wagner's son coming in to okay. to college basketball. So yeah, yeah. we'll bring back yeah. uh, your oldest fuck Page here on too, college right? hoops. Who?
0: Peja. Yeah,
1: he's he's in the Pac-12. He's at Stanford there. So yeah, Paige Stoyakovich's kid, who's apparently nasty. So, but I, I like the Bryce Hopkins pick. I'm very intrigued to see how he does with uh with with Kim English there. So I'm gonna actually go with one of the three names that you mentioned, who was all big East last year and is returning. I'm gonna go Calk Brenner. Call concealed oh, no <laughs> Yes, I'm gonna go Ryan Colt Brenner. I've given him my fair share of grief in the past, but I think all of those trials and tribulations for Ryan Kalkbrenner have led him to this point where he is going to be the best player on arguably the best team uh, in the conference. He's a seasoned veteran leader. He's been through it all essentially at Creighton. He's been part of this quote unquote golden era of Creighton. And you mentioned it and you're absolutely right. Last year was their best season ever. I think the year prior to that, when they beat, was it Miami right? No, uh, SDSU, excuse me. So they lost to SDSU last year, but they beat them the year prior. He was lost, uh, to, at, at, for that game as a result of an injury, he's been through so much. Uh, I just hope he does stay healthy and I, you could make the same argument for Donovan Klingon. Hopefully he stays healthy as well, but, if Colt Brenner's healthy, he's going to be your Big East player of the year. Uh, I also think he's one of the best players in the country. I think he, in many lists, he's a top five at the worst, top 10 guy in the entire country. Uh, he's already got a depoy under his belt yeah, in the I Big was, East. So yeah, let's add to I this. I would fight hint. that. <laughs> but he's got it, right? I mean, are you gonna are you going to fight that he's one of the most impactful defenders? Maybe not the best.
0: No, yeah, he's certainly impactful defensively, but I'm gonna go again be, being the ho- uh, hometown pick here. I thought Devin Carter probably should have won the award last year, but hey,
1: that's me. That's fair. That again, I I, I ain't gonna fight you on that. Uh, but Kalkbrenner is gonna use this rhetoric from you and this clip once I tweet it out to fuel him to then say, you know what, Cryer, I'm gonna go out, play even better, and I'm gonna win. Uh, the best overall player in this conference. He protects the rim. He can give you some pretty good production down low as well. I think he's averaging like 16 points. And Creighton's going to win a ton of games. So with these individual awards, Cryer, uh, it comes down to, is your team good? Are you impacting winning? And I kind of put that same logic to my transfers. I think he's going to be a direct correlation with the amount of wins that they get. Now, he's obviously got a ton of help. He's got Trey Alexander. He's got... uh, Charvin shireman thank you baylor uh he's lost kaluma lost Nemhard, but i think he's gonna m- more than pick up the slack he's got a great head coach the the surroundings are perfect absolutely ripe for a guy like ryan kalkbrenner who i'm gonna bank on his experience i'm gonna bank on his production i'm gonna bank on his teammates helping him out and i'm gonna bank on his coach helping him out to put him in per- perfect positions and he's got that hunger uh along with the other the other guys on the on the roster, having been seconds away crier from a final four appearance i'm sure the fine folks of omaha are saying that was a garbage whistle that they got at the end of the game the stsu game they're seconds away from a final four all of this is a perfect storm and are perfect ingredients for ryan Koltbrenner to win biggie's player of the year
0: all right i think you you got a sound argument
1: there when uh when, how many i don't know how biggie scheduling works how many times do you play Creighton?
0: Twice. It's the we got round robin still. One of like the only conferences that still do it. That's Everyone right. plays each other twice.
1: Hopkins and Colt Brenner. I don't know if they'll be matched up with each other though. No. Will they? No. Yeah. Why well, you, do you think Caravan's going to be matched up with uh, with Hopkins again this year?
0: <laughs> you know, it's funny. Uh, after the the first game, you know, we, we had a, obviously Hopkins. Went to work against Caravan. And the pod before the next game at UConn, I, I was like, you know, I think Danny's crazy enough to just do this again. And sure <laughs> enough, he did. And it kind of worked.
1: So I remember that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it should be a really good year.
1: All right. Let's move on now to Big East champ. Who you got?
0: All right. Well, so you had said you know, these awards correlate to winning. Um, so my coach of the year pick as Danny Hurley, the main reason I did that is because I'm picking UConn to win the conference this year, but, but don't worry, uh, before you like, think I've gone soft on you. Th- there is reasoning behind this. And it's that UConn's only won the big East and the national championship once. And that was their first title of the five. Um, They they usually don't win Natties uh, when they have successful Biggies campaigns. So, I'm going (laughs) UConn
1: to take the league. league Dude, when they when they win Natties, they're like eight seeds. Yeah, exactly. Exactly.
0: They have no Uh, business
1: doing it. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah,
0: but you know, I I think the talents there. To me, though, you know, I I kind of think this league one through seven can win it. And a lot of people may call me crazy there. A lot of people kind of have Creighton, Marquette in in UConn as a tier of their own. But I honestly think, you know, with the talent and just the way this league's been, um, I, it wouldn't, I mean, Marquette was picked to finish what, sixth or seventh? I think ninth, ninth last year, and it won it all. So, um, you know, I'm picking UConn, but, but I firmly believe in even with the Xavier injuries. Um, I trust Sean Miller. He's brought in some good transfers. He's going overseas and getting guys again, uh, like he did in his Arizona days. Um, I I definitely think the top seven in this league, it wouldn't shock me if they won. it.
1: I think you can make a good case for them, right? Obviously, UConn, you mentioned Creighton Marquette. That's the top three. We've gone this far, Cryer, without even mentioning Kyle Neptune's name, who I actually think would be my – my auxiliary pick for coach of the year, because I think Nova is going to be good again. I think they're going to be a 20 to 25 type of team. I think he's done a really good job reshaping the roster. And he has uh, that first year under his belt. It's not easy replacing a legend, but you talk about you or Villanova, they could absolutely do it. Providence, who knows, right? Even a couple of years ago when you did win the league, nobody picked you to win it. So maybe you come out of the woodwork yet again. Uh, That's probably where I would, cut it off uh maybe xavier maybe st john's and again another year two guy shaheen holloway we haven't mentioned him but i i, I do think that there are the cream of the crop which is the top three And then after that there's going to be a lot of jostling uh for position and we saw it last year crier every team is going to go through lulls every team is going to probably have a bad week and a half and as long as that comes before Valentine's day, for me, this is my personal rule. I don't care. I don't, I'm not going to make a sweeping generalization, which is what folks did with Yukon when they dropped what Xavier and I, I think some, it was like
0: six of eight or something like that.
1: I don't know if I it was lost. six of eight. No, no, no it wasn't. It was. They lost six of eight.
0: I think so. Yeah. I, think they I just remember that. I
1: just remember there was a, a week and a half in January where they went on the road They they for sure lost to Xavier and it was oh St. John's, I think. I think they lost to St. John's at home. Uh but the point it was Hall,
0: I think. I I think they lost to Hall, uh Providence, um, uh Xavier, like you said, and then I think Creighton Marquette, I think.
1: Damn, six of eight. Well, yeah. Uh but that all that being said, like that the point that I'm making there is there are teams that are gonna slip up in that top three. I don't expect creighton to go an entire season without some some issues i don't expect yukon to do that i don't expect marquette to do that and that is where a potentially a nova or you guys or uh, a saint john's could make it the least interesting uh as we go down the stretch so you're gonna go with yukon there uh, i'm riding the creighton train crier it's so funny what can evolve and what can happen in a year. I was so off Creighton last year entering the season just because of how much hype they got. Do you remember the amount of hype Creighton got in the offseason okay. last year when they landed Shireman? And look, it if you if you want to judge it by postseason success, it was warranted. Like I like I said, almost went to a final four. But during the regular season and 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 throughout that whole ordeal, it was not uh, fairy tales and gumdrops. It was very difficult for Creighton, so I wasn't fully in on them. I also wasn't fully in on Baylor Shireman, who very much shut me up in the tournament. This year, I got the Blue Jays. I'm super high on them, and I'm now finally joining the bandwagon. Uh, re- they return key members from last year's team. Of course, they lose Nemhard. They do lose uh, Kaluma, but they got Cal Brenner. They got they got uh, Trey Alexander, and then Stephen Ashworth's coming in. What a shooter! I love Steven Ashworth, but I think the difference in the, the, the details are going to be with Mason Miller and potentially even Francisco Farabello. I remember Farabello on that TCU team, but Mason Miller, son of Mike Miller, if you want to feel even older here, Cryer, sharpshooter. These guys can shoot the leather off the ball. I cannot wait to see that between Shireman, between Miller, right? Uh, between Ashworth. It's going to be a lot of fun. Is there yeah, another. I mean, Go listen, ahead.
0: I, I think. Creighton certainly has got the pieces. They got the experience. They got the, you know, maybe a little chip on their shoulder too with Kaluma and Nembhardt leaving a really good situation. Um, I definitely think Ashworth is probably, you know, could you get a more perfect uh, replacement for losing Nembhardt to rebound like that with Ashworth? I mean, yeah, I I like Creighton. I just worry about their depth at the end of the day.
1: Yeah, I'm kind of stretching Farabello. I'm not going to lie. You are. <laughs> like, I know I'm stretching Farabello just a little bit, and that's kind of pie in the sky. But here's a little topic I, I I was mulling over, Cryer, as I was looking at Creighton. The question is, Can there is there another gear for Baylor Shireman and Ryan Kalkbrenner? Ryan Kalkbrenner is probably one of the best players in Creighton's history. uh, Like uh, you look at college basketball players, you got to do what Ryan Kalkbrenner has done. You you might laugh at that, but seriously, I don't know if there's been many better players than Kalkbrenner, obviously Corver's number one, but is there another gear for Baylor and Kalkbrenner? Because if there isn't, then we saw what happened last year that, which is almost final four. But if there is sky is the limit. Do you think that they can somehow elevate their game even more? Because Cryer, I think the worst is that we get the same performances last year, I don't think we're going to be decreasing in that.
0: Yeah, um, not so much Cockbrenner, but but I will say Sharman, yes. Um, because Shireman was coming over from South Dakota State uh, the year prior, his first full year in the Big East, he ended up having a, a fine, fine season. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, I, uh, me personally, I, I, I think Shireman can reach another gear. Cockbrenner, I, I feel like we know what we have with him.
1: I think the last point I want to make, though, that would be contrary to my argument, Cryer, is it might be difficult mentally for Baylor, or excuse me, not Baylor, geez, for Creighton to ante up and win the Big East. Like, I understand coach speak, player speak, they're going to say that's their goal. I don't necessarily buy into that a whole lot, especially after the best season ever their goal is making the final four. They've reached that level. And so you look at teams like Villanova, who you could say historically that's their goal is titles, but now they're in a place where Kyle Neptune, you got to win the conference. You're still in a place, I would say, where you want to win the conference. I think the same thing with the Johnny, Seton Hall, Xavier. Uh, I don't know if that juicer that, you know, it'll be revving their engine, Creighton that is, to win the Big East. I kind of think that also with UConn, Cryer, like – I'm still a little skeptical about Klingon's health. I hope he's all right. And then losing Andre and, and, and Hawkins, Jordan Hawkins from last year. I don't know. So I think on paper, these are safe bets for us. But like you said, I wouldn't be surprised if there's a race from like the third, fourth, fifth teams.
0: Yeah, I, I see, you know, a top seven uh, in this league, which is. An appropriate number if you're going back to your Biggie's history with realignment here. Um, I think it's it's seven teams and you know the, the other four. Now I do think of one of those four could shock because I feel like that happens every year in this conference. So looking at like a seat hall, maybe. Um, you know, not too much momentum around that program right now, but uh Holloway seems pretty confident. Um and they got Richmond and Dawes. It's pretty good backcourt. Um, butler, who knows? I mean, <laughs> bad um, year, <laughs> yeah, bad year for that model last year. Um, and you know, I, I think Georgetown will, will, will be in a rebuild. Um, and then you have DePaul, who you know, listen, DePaul might finish last in the Big East, but they're gonna get off to a hot start in the non conference,
1: is that right? <laughs>
0: <laughs> hey just look at their non-cons the i don't even know
1: year. what their non-con is
0: uh i don't really either but it doesn't matter they there was that one year they went on the road uh to iowa and minnesota and beat beat the bag out of both of them and both are <laughs> pretty good teams yeah um you know the the, the gavin is
1: not a good team they're terrible
0: well not not when they beat them this is 19 uh 2019 2020
1: oh okay all right all right
0: um so, um, or, or eighteen, nineteen, or something like that, but,
1: um, and then or last like Richard year they, they a bad right
0: Minnesota team. Okay. So, you know, the Gavit games, the big 10 biggies challenge, uh, they, there was rumors they were going to re up that. And now they're saying that like they're at an impasse and may not do it. I think that's because they're afraid of DePaul, man. They dominate in the Gavit games.
1: DePaul, hey, look, you know, some people, they they hang their hat on regular season championships, conference championships, final fours, NCAA championships, Gavit game champions. No one wants to see DePaul in the Gavit games.
0: No, no, I'm telling you right now.
1: Uh, so good. All right, so you got UConn, I got Creighton. Uh, how does it shake out for you, by the way, Cryer? I know you mentioned some of these teams, but if you were to rank the teams out after UConn, what does that look, look like for you?
0: Yeah, I... I don't have a full set yet, but I feel like UConn, something of UConn, Marquette, Creighton, Nova. And honestly, you know, Nova could be two or three. I, I really like some of the moves they did this off season. Um, but um, I think Province falls in the five spot. And then Johnny Xavier, Hall, uh, Butler, DePaul, Georgetown.
1: It's a good list. Picks. It's a good list. Yeah. Cryer. Let's now pivot to some fresh faces, some new faces joining your conference. Uh, where are the guest manners? Who you got for your all transfer team? Who are the top five most impactful?
0: All right. So I'll admit, uh, the biggest this year, plenty of transfers to choose from, but I don't know if it's as big of a transfer year as it was maybe last year or, or, or the year before, but, um, but but here's who I got. I got
1: uh,
0: Ashworth, like we mentioned earlier. Um, I think he's a really good fit for Creighton. Um, and, and just a really good rebound from, from losing them hard. Um, I'm going Dingle, Jordan Dingle. Um, that guy's a bucket. Um, I think he will actually do fine uh, in terms of guys that that are stepping up. Weight classes here. Um I'm going Jaden Epps, the Illinois tr- transfer to Georgetown. Um, Jaden Epps, kind of like Bryce Hopkins, was apple of Cooley's eye out of high school, couldn't land him, and, and now gets him in the portal. Um, he went off for 46 against Wake Forest. Again, Georgetown won in a secret scrimmage. So I'm going Epps. And then I'm going to go TJ Bamba. I, you know, Nova had a few good pieces, Tyler Burton, Lance Ware. Um but TJ Bomba from Washington state, you may have better Intel on him than, than me, but that guy put up some numbers last year. Him, um,
1: him and Mo guy were a terrifying duo last year.
0: Yeah. And I think he's a great fit for, he just reminds me of like that Nova type guard wing, like Mikael Bridges type, you know? Um, and then I'm going Joshua Arduro. and, you know, I don't know what, if you want to sleep on him, fine. Uh, But this guy's getting no love uh, as a transfer. And I feel like that strictly has to do with the fact that he played for Kim English and he's coming over to the new team. Um, This guy was an A-10 first teamer two times, two times in a row um, at Mason. He's got like, you remember, you remember the year of Jahlil Okafor and Frank Kaminsky? Those two guys were just dominate with the footwork and the paint. This guy's got, a bag full post Uh So people are sleeping on him, but but I think he he's big time for PC.
1: I like that list. There's a lot of crossover with mine and I agree with you regarding Josh Oduro. He's on my list as well. I think he is, the way I looked at it, Cryer, I, I, I'm trying to see who's going to be one of the more impactful players on a team that's going to win. And I think Josh Oduro is a top three, top four impact guy for Providence and I expect them uh, to be a, let's say, I don't know, top 50 team for sure uh, and make the tournament. So I like the Josh Aduro analysis and breakdown there. I'm going to leave that to your guy. But just know that's the one Providence guy that I totally agree with you on. Uh, and I I spotted as well. So I think neutrally, right, from an unbiased perspective, Josh Aduro is getting overlooked. And I'm excited to see what he can do. I'm also going to go with Cam Spencer. Uh, Shooter in the house, Cryer. We got a shooter in the house, consistently a 40% shooter from three. Uh, A couple of years ago, he was at 47%, which is truly outrageous. I mean, if he can recapture that, that might somehow be a shooting upgrade from Jordan Hawkins, which is unheard of considering what we saw with Hawkins uh, this past year. He could actually rebound pretty well also. But speaking of Jordan Hopkins, that is who Cam Spencer is there to fill the shoes of. And, and you, you had alluded to that uh, a little bit earlier. And we talk about the adjustments going from conference to conference, big 10 to big East. That's pretty, that's pretty linear, linear. Uh, it, it's not too, too high or too low there for cam Spencer. Uh, and I think there's going to be a lot of shots to go around uh, for cam Spencer to get up. When you, when you talk about him, caravan and uh castle, the freshman coming in, I think those three will do the heavy lifting with the shooting. I'm also gonna go with Steven Ashworth, another shooter in the house, another 40% three-point uh sniper, right? Creighton's just so balanced. I, I'm picturing this pick and roll with him and Kalkbrenner, Brenner, and then Ashworth's gonna be Ashworth is gonna be open for a three or a shot, or uh Trey Alexander driving, kicking to Steven Ashworth. Like he's gonna be a major contributor, and I can't wait to see. Uh, what he can do from a shooting perspective. another solid rebounder. I think he's going to make an immediate impact in uh, McDermott's system, and I see him fitting in seamlessly. One of like if you look at a, a seamless transfer without any sort of ups and downs, I don't expect anything there uh, from Ashworth. Dingle, you took the words right out of my mouth. Pure bucket. Averaging 23, I don't think there's going to be any issue with him coming over from the ID League like you like you mentioned. Him and Soriano are going to be a really nice one-two punch. Now, again, I talk about impact. I still think Joel Soriano is St. John's best player, uh, but I, contr- I expect Dingle to contribute at a high level. Can he be the number one guy? He was the number one guy at Penn, but again, uh, maybe some night Soriano doesn't have it. That's where is going to have to step up, especially for a team that's probably going to be on the bubble. Yeah,
0: if I can just chime in one second. Please, uh, with the back to the Johnnies here. Um, you talk about that duo though. They had a team of Posh, Champagne, and Soriano, and couldn't get it done. It's one throw out
1: there. It's not a bad point. Uh, you know who was also on the sidelines though. I think that makes yes. a bit of a difference too.
0: Yes, uh, M. A. Who I yeah. thought was a good hire by them at time. Wolf.
1: He, he won Big Coach of the Year. Yeah, one time. So you're right, but look, you're right. You're, we got to exactly, we obviously have to see what's going to happen. So I'm glad you mentioned TJ Bamba. It was a real tough decision for me, though, as it related to him versus Hakeem Hart. And I actually went, oh, yeah. I gave the hat tip to Hakeem Hart uh, for this one. I think he's flying under the radar like your boy, Aduro. Him and Aduro are locking arms, flying under the radar. Solid, solid contributor at a good Maryland team last year with 11 and four. Uh, he's undersized. He's undersized. Like his front court mate Eric Dixon, and I don't. I feel like Nova hasn't had a big man since Daniel Ashefu. Maybe I'm going oh, crazy, yeah. but like him and Eric Dixon are six eight, but he's tough as hell and a player that can provide consistent consistent scoring. I do think everyone's enamored with Baba and rightfully so. But I am looking for Hakeem Hart to be a a big difference maker there in Philly. So I'm going to go again as a recap: Cam Spencer, Stephen Ashworth, Jordan Dingle, Hakeem Hart, and Josh Aduro.
0: I like it. I like it. I think the Xavier guys will, will put up numbers too. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think end of the day, you, you look at some of the guys that, that have come in here and, you know, it's going to make for, you, you talk about the coaches, you know, in the infusion of the coaches, you know, the, tra- the guys that they've got to transfer to the Biggies over the past few years, I think it's just, that's another piece to why this conference is really rising uh, on, on a national level here.
1: I agree. There's some strong names. And when I, as I've been combing through the transfers over the conferences, I think the sec has the best and deepest transfers that uh, like the sec transfers are pretty crazy. The big 12, there's like four outstanding names. You talk about Tyler Perry, you talk about Hunter Dickinson, Max Asmus, Uh, but it, it's very polarized. I would say the top four or five transfers are, So damn good. And then there's a heavy fall off the big East uh, somewhat somewhere in between that, right? Like I I think there are some solid names. So I'm excited to see what these guys, uh, these guys can do. Cryer. Are you ready for some trivia? Yes. Let's Let's put your big East knowledge to the test. Let's have a little fun here uh, with some big East trivia. All right, let's kick it off with this. Which six schools have been a part of the big East since its inception in 1979.
0: All right. Uh, so I'm going to start with Providence as uh, their athletic director, Dave Gavitt, the founder of the Big East, uh, PC original member. Got St. John's. Right. You got the
1: Johnnies. You yeah, got the Johnnies. You, You're two for you two. You
0: got Seton Hall.
1: You're three for three. You got Villanova. Incorrect. Really? Not Nova.
0: All right, so let me just finish then. Georgetown? Yes. All right, so how many do I have around? Four?
1: So you've done Providence, Georgetown, and Hall. And St. John's? And St. John's, that's four.
0: Okay. (sighs) No Nova threw me off here. Um, Who am I missing?
1: So you're missing... Well, let me give you a hint. You're missing a team that is no longer with the conference, but they're still relevant in college basketball.
0: Wait, this conf- this question confused me because it says that a part of the Big East since its inception.
1: So, who are you thinking?
0: Well, if you're oh, say- so
1: you're, oh, that they still need to be part of the Big East.
0: Yeah, <laughs>
1: uh, I can see how the phrasing is bad. Sorry, it is Syracuse though. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> Okay, I apologize. That's that's poorly phrased. I'm sorry. I but I'm, I'm still surprised.
0: It, I think you might be right, but uh, I'm still surprised that Nova wasn't the original. That, that's wild.
1: So to be fair, Cryer, I ripped this from a, a, a website and I didn't really fact check, but I'm pretty <laughs> sure this is correct. Uh, the phrasing poor, but okay. So you got Georgetown, PC, St. John's, Seton Hall, and Cuse. Who's the last one?
0: I, I mean, UConn since they're still here. It's even. Yeah. Yeah. So I would have went UConn and Nova with the other two and got Nova wrong, but but yeah.
1: Yeah, I apologize for that. All right, but you know what? I'm going to give you partial credit here. I'm going to give you. I'm going to give you credit. (laughs) All right. Which of these five players did not score at least two thousand points in their college career? Names are, yeah. You see those names there. Why don't you read them out?
0: Uh. Between Reynolds, uh, Allen Ray, Ray Allen, Luke Arangoti, and Terry Deheer. Who do you play for?
1: Seton Hall. He won Big East Player of the Year.
0: Oh. All right. This is tough because Scotty Reynolds had the ball in his hands a ton, so I feel like he's got to be on there. I'm going to say Alan Ray, even though I feel like I'm wrong.
1: It's not a bad guess. Flip it and reverse it.
0: It's Ray, Ray it's Ray Allen. Oh, man.
1: Ray Allen. Isn't that crazy? While he is by far the most accomplished player, right, on this list, he only played three years for the Huskies. Uh, and, look, he finished with 1,922 career points, which is pretty damn close. But I think those other guys were – I mean, Goatey still might be playing. I don't know. Yeah, he could be. <laughs> but it's Ray Allen, crazy enough, right? All right. Last one for you, Crier. Which Big East executive was supposed to coach the 1980 US basketball team that boycotted the Moscow Olympics?
0: Um,
1: You're going to be very upset if you miss this.
0: It's Dave Gavitt. I got
1: it. <laughs> Dave Gavitt. That's right. Dave Gavitt uh, was going to be the US Olympic coach. How cool is that?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um- you know, Dave, Dave was big time oh, when it came to came to, to hoops, founded the big east, then uh believe it went to the Celtics, right?
1: That that? that I'm unsure of. Again, did? you're you're my guy. You're my gavit guy. <laughs> you're my gavit guy, you're my big east guy.
0: So is that the last one? I was I was one for
1: three. Two for three. Two for okay. three. Because I'm giving I'll give you that first one. Okay. How about that? Yeah. Crier, This was a blast, man. Uh, hey, you're doing amazing work, by the way. What do you have in store for your podcast, for the PC fans, everything going on? Please share that.
0: Yeah. Uh, you know, if you're interested, follow me on Twitter at province Cryer. Uh, we got the blog, the province You know, it's a lot of kind of game recaps, recruiting stuff um, it, it, and all that. And we, we got a podcast as well out there. Um, you know, it, not like you just pounding out episodes of the summer. I, I always tip my cap to you because that, that's good stuff because the college basketball off season's uh, long and uh, kind of uneventful, although that's changed. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, the, the pod should be good. Should be getting some, some reoccurring guests here. Maybe get Fanta on again soon. Um, although Coralie's upset with Fanta. So
1: yeah. Why? What, how are you going to have beef with Fanta?
0: The whole coolie thing. They, they think he, everyone uh, thinks uh Fanta
1: carries Cooley's water. <laughs> I don't blame him, honestly. Like, let me let me tell you why. Because I've gone this entire episode without discussing the Jared Grosso situation. Uh, and that's because he was kind enough to jump onto the program.
0: Exactly. And no, I, I don't blame him either. You know, you gotta do what you gotta do.
1: That's right. Hey, Cryer, this was a blast. Let's go watch some playoff baseball. Let's go watch uh, the Thursday night game. Diamondbacks just walked it off, Cryer, actually. Really? Is, yeah, we are at uh, 2-1. Series, Cattell Marte. Walk off for the snakes, baby. I wish I was back in Scottsdale, Cryer.
0: <laughs> that, that's awesome. See, I, I want a Rangers-D-backs uh, D-backs World Series because it would be like, you know, you got the Rangers with Creed and then the D-backs, the snakes. It's just like... <laughs> You can't make that stuff up.
1: <laughs> See, the way your mind works is so ridiculous. I got to tell you, but I, I'm good with three of the four. To- I don't hate the Phillies, I suppose, but they're probably my least favorite group of characters. At the end of the day, I know Bryce Harper and Nick Castellanos are amazing. I know their roster is really good. JT, Real Muto, they just look like, I, I just don't like them. I don't yeah. like, like they're amazing, but they just, they're kind of dickheads.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I think they're likable with the thing with me though is like, as a New Englander, too, so, uh, well, we can't have Philly winning two more of these, like any more of these championships here.
1: Well, so what do they? Are they, they what are, yeah, I mean, what do they? What do they got though? Recently the Eagles, right? So Eagles. that's yeah. So I saw someone make a comp that Philadelphia sports is the new Boston. I was yeah. like, uh, hang on. Now they're certainly competing for titles, but outside of the Eagles, what do they really have?
0: Yeah, they got they got Joel and Pe uh, going out in the playoffs every year
1: <laughs> I can't wait to face the sixers again in round two that's going to be great crier this was such a blast thank you so much for jumping on I can't wait for the season to start let's collaborate again uh, as as we move forward and have fun at Big East Media day I cannot wait to see uh, some clips that you tweet out
0: yeah thanks you.